Hello and welcome to the Point Escape Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell as we recap what's been a pretty fun couple of weeks in the NHL. Um, and, you know, we, we just sort of we shoot the shit. Uh, so, you know, happy you guys are tuning in. DJ, how are you doing? You know, we're, what, we're recording this on Thursday night, July 29th. So when the Jack Eichel trade hits and we're not talking about it, we waited as long as we could. But DJ, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. You know, it's it was kind of an unbelievable whirlwind of a couple of weeks here with hockey. It was like everything crammed into two weeks and it was very fun and exciting. And, you know, while some things were maybe a little less anticlimactic climactic than they could have been, other things were pretty freaking cool. So, um, and, and some things were wildly interesting. So we can kind of, you know, instead of going like event by event, like everyone's done and try to break down the minute details, I think we have a pretty good plan for this podcast. But other than that, it's good to, you know, be back to recording again. It's been like a month, but it's felt like a year. So um, I'm <laughs> yeah. excited. And um, yeah, I, I got a lot of exciting stuff in the pipeline right now. I am uh, currently an owner of a subscription to all of the Adobe software. And I'm going to be starting a lot of new things that I think a lot of people will be interested in. And if you're not interested in it, I'll share it anyways and pretend like you watched it and help me maybe when I get that out. If you're not in the Discord, um, you can get in there if you want early access because I'm going to be posting a lot of my trial and errors, um, trying to get some feedback and trying to learn a little bit more. Uh, right now, unnamed, but I will you know, kind of be going over that in the near future and be posting that on my social media. Uh, I would say the general outline is, let's just say the general outline is a very easy and digestible way to, you know, watch hockey in maybe a different way if, if you're new to the game or if you're not sure how to maybe watch and gamble um to show some of the things we talk about in video format so instead of me saying like hey like player x is doing this on the power play like look at petrie and in montreal like actually show you what they're doing and talk through it a little bit um if you're familiar with john boy i think it'd be more of that kind of a format where there's a highlight and i'm talking over it and we're breaking it down together so excited about that opportunity i think i hope it goes really well yeah i kind of you know um i kind of think of it for for you almost you know i don't i don't know john boy honestly um so that's sort of like uh there's actually funny we were talking about this uh for our last mayo media show and i thought he was talking about like john bois or boys or whatever his name is the guy who has the cocaine helicopter nhl overtime joke and he said it like four times and i repeated back i'm like what the, like it's that guy and you were like you know kind of ignoring me because you're talking to someone else too and <laughs> and so yeah so so that was just really funny because i'm just sitting here the entire time like oh he's the guy with the cocaine helicopter tweet what are you talking like how do you not know this person and I, I, I still don't know what no is. Idea. like i i um, but yeah, definitely anyway, exciting. I'm excited about it. Anyway, I, I like I sort of think of it as like the pitching ninja of hockey. Like I don't know if you follow pitching ninja, but he basically no. like anything cool that happens with a pitcher, like a really cool pitch or like how someone throws something. Like, oh, I feel yeah, like that's know, really yeah. similar to what at least what you're trying to do. Um, and I'm excited to you know uh, like take I guess go along for the ride with you. But uh, yeah. yeah, you know like you said, you know guys, be sure if you're not in the Discord check it out. We're not only talking hockey in there. Of course, you know, we're, we're, we're talking a little bit about all these things that are happening or whatever. Um, but we've got channels now for PGA and MLB that are very active. Um, I know soccer isn't quite as active right now, but uh, you know, it'll get there, especially as EPL. I think that's a month away. So 
and obviously at the NFL too, if you guys want to come in and talk about that, I can make a different channel. Uh, we've got a great community, so be sure you guys uh, hit up the Discord and just stay tuned because, yeah, DJ's got cool stuff coming. Hopefully we have cool stuff coming too, either through the offseason or obviously at the beginning of next year. So, DJ, anything else off the top you wanted to cover? No, not really. Let's just get right to it with the offseason. We're going to go over a lot of winners, a lot of losers, a lot of, you know, not just team winners and losers, but players, a lot of fantasy relevant stuff, whether it be season long or what we're kind of projecting for DFS, especially early on to try to get some, uh, you know, some some early buys, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, You know, to sort of link up to what we were just saying, we're hopeful that underdog fantasy posts some best ball for nhl like they did last year i remember we did an episode you, you can play now right yeah, yeah i can play in pennsylvania now so oh, I'm, I'm in yeah uh, but we did like a live draft episode uh with a bunch of you guys and that was really cool um i really hope we get to do that again and just sort of like you know literally do a podcast <laughs> over the draft like that was that was a ton of fun and if i'm able to be a part of it this year that would be even cooler um, so, you know, hoping for that to hit. But basically, even if you're not playing best ball or you're not playing season-long fantasy, I mean, yeah, this will all be relevant for, you know, NHL week one, NHL preseason even maybe. Um, so, there, you know, it's never too early to just sort of, you know, listen, learn, uh, get some thoughts in, you know, toss some ideas around in your head as we go through the off season. So without further ado, like you said, we sort of organize this as like winners and losers, but really, we just wanted something to sort of keep us on track because you know how DJ and I can get. Mainly um, DJ. So, you know, we're, we're a pretty positive show around here. Um, and, you know, maybe EV positive at least. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Um, so I feel like one of, you know, one of the players that we would always talk about and we were always very excited to see, you know, him go to fun places or whatever. It's Mike <clears throat> Hoffman. He's not the biggest name to move this offseason, obviously, um, but I wanted to sort of start the conversation there because uh, we also did get a comment from uh, Matt, Minnesota Matt, uh, obviously appreciative of his comment, but basically like he wanted to know of any like power play unit impacts that we sort of thought of or that we saw. And, you know, when you ask me, Mike Hoffman might be the most impactful guy because of the team he's going to. I mean, Montreal for ages has been a team that can't turn expected goals into real goals. And Mike Hoffman does exactly that. Uh, he had a bit of a down year in St. Louis, but he heated up a bit toward the end, especially with the, you know, the empty net six on five. He was awesome basically all season. And that's basically the power play. Um, so there's that part of it. And there's also, you know, Colt Caulfield. So what I wanted to do, you know, obviously talk to me about Mike Hoffman and the contract if you want, but what is your ideal Montreal power play? Because the other, other, other wrinkle in this is no Shea Weber. We think, you know, it, it, it could be a, um, you know, it's, a sell I'm pretty sure it's confirmed at this point that he's out for the year. Yeah. Double yeah. check that if you'd like. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, that's what they say. I just don't know if I buy it, but yeah, anyway, it, okay. That's fair. So the, the way I look at um Montreal is and trying to be realistic about it because if, if I was really going to build my ideal situation it would be having Gallagher and Hoffman on kind of the same sort of role on opposite units with Petrie running one of them and you know I think maybe Romanov on the other um oh, yeah and and then you know you're gonna have Cole Caulfield as well mixing in with probably Suzuki on one unit I think that's the unit you want to have Hoffman on because I think if you're gonna maximize Hoffman his shot is more accurate so maybe trying to like 
keep a guy on the other wing or, you know, in that area that also has a good shot, like Caulfield to just keep him a little more open is the ideal solution there. Uh, net front presence. I mean, you can kind of fill in who you want to fill in. I don't know. Like, could it be Anderson? Anderson yeah. Gallagher sometimes to fully sort of plays yeah. like that, that, that slot job. I don't yeah. know if, you know, so, so it is yeah. yeah. like, it is really it's like, interesting. Like, like to Foley Gallagher and then Caulfield, and Hoffman probably on like opposite units with mm-hmm. Petrie and Romanov kind of, you know, filtering in between them. And yeah. And I, and I, you know, the thing about Montreal is they were just in the Stanley cup. And I feel like if you asked most people who's going to win that division, they'd be like, all right, well, you got Tampa, you got Toronto, you got, um, you know, we got Boston here, but Florida looks really good. And it's like, holy crap. Like, how are we going to like, how are they getting it all? Like, I mean, the Sabres are dust. The Red Wings are dust. And then like Ottawa is like maybe going to be a minorly better, but pretty much dust. And then you use up the rest of these teams all fighting for like four or five spots. And I'm, I'm real intrigued to see what's going to happen there. But I think, you know, just the names we're mentioning, like this is not a terrible team. Um, oh. I think that I would consider them a, a minor winner of the off season so far. Not crazy because I, I don't know. Um, I, I think they're, they're a winner because, you know, they literally like said like, Hey, like take Carey Price if you want uh, to Seattle and Seattle's like, ah, nope. And they're We're like, good. who does Seattle even take? Who did they even take? Oh my God. Like someone's stupid. I feel like from, uh, cause they didn't take Duran or anything like, wow. Yeah. We... <laughs> um, you, you looked that up really quick, but, but I, I do think that like Montreal is still one more move or two more moves away from being done this off season. They do not have any space um at all right now and i really think that they could uh get a deal with the sabers or, or you know maybe detroit or someone to take some cap off and i think that could be jonathan Drouin, um who i just don't believe they're going to move forward with personally at this point um i don't know the situation maybe they could try to bring him back again i think it's kind of like he's on the out um i think montreal is not you know again i i don't think they're the best team i don't think they're the worst team they keep both other goaltenders and i think they'll be just fine and they they'll got a be lot more a fun fighting for yeah yeah they definitely got a lot more fun but what, what are your thoughts yeah uh, by the way kale flurry was the guy Kale flurry yeah yeah of they took the flurry brothers oh um, yeah so you know like especially if we're buying that nick suzuki and cole caulfield are able you know man even kokiniemi i guess to some extent who we didn't even mention as far as like the offensive talent um, if they are able to sort of take like steps to that next level, like they showed flashes of in the playoffs for a full season, like, yeah, you've got some offensive talent. We saw them play defensively sound hockey. Yeah. They lost Phil the no, but we'll, we'll talk about him and the Kings at a later point in this show. So yeah, it's sort of like, um, like, yeah, they might actually be able to score goals and they can probably still stop goals. So, um, I don't know. And, so and for today, me, they made they made a pretty underrated signing today at the ball recording. Did you see they signed Matthew? Um, oh God. Oh no. Matthew. Oh God. Oh. Uh, Parento. No. No. Nope. Perot. They signed Matthew Perot. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. he's actually like, I don't think complete dust at Like I think he's fine. Like I, yeah, I don't think sure. he's gonna. But like I think they got rid of Corey Perry and put in Perot. I'm like that's that's an upgrade in my book, honestly. Like. Sure. Yeah. It, it's basically sort of. Yeah. It's it's very similar players or whatever. Like yeah, I have no problem with that. I think that's uh perfectly fine. Uh, so I think for me, like what I'm looking forward to is seeing if we can figure out a way to sort of get enough puck touches for a unit of Hoffman, Caulfield, 
maybe Petrie, but probably uh, Romanov makes more sense as far as passing goes with Suzuki and then Gallagher or Anderson net front. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. You know, that's how I think you um, you use Mike Hoffman the best, um, but we'll see. Uh, so I just wanted to start off with them. A nice, easy winner. Uh, also talk about a team that, you know, played pretty deep in the playoffs this year and has a lot of uh, intrigue in general this offseason, uh, which, you know, will set aside Mark Bergevin for the purposes of this episode. All right. Mm-hmm. Next topic we have, probably what you guys thought we were going to lead with. Dougie has some new digs heading up to Newark to play with the uh, Devils. Um, you know, signed a monster deal. Uh, the Devils, they moved out Will Butcher to sort of make, I mean, not make room, but just sort of the, you know, free yeah. up a roster space, I guess. Um, so, you know, Dougie's going to be playing a lot of hockey in New Jersey. Um, so what are your thoughts there? And and then we have some other, you know, game, I, not a game, but some other thoughts off of that. But what is your initial read on Dougie? I mean, I, th- I still think he's going to be one of the, the best fantasy assets in, you know, all of season long and, and, and uh, in every capacity. And it's like, it, it was an interesting move to me for a couple reasons. One, I kind of thought Dougie would have some inkling of going to an immediate winner, but doesn't seem to be the case. Cause I just don't think they're ready. Um, two, you know, I thought Ty Smith was conceivably going to kind of try to take over the first power play. And then like, I guess they just don't know if that's his role or like where he's going to get to. Um, and, and three, it, you know, I just, I, I can't fathom that they bring back like, well, I, I guess a better way of putting this, you know, I, I don't, I, I didn't think of the devils as a team that was going to be a huge winner this off season. And, and they did come out this way, but, Ducky Hamilton, like, is he going to push the needle enough for them to be a great team? It, I, I don't know. Well, what, what are your initial readings on the deal? And, like, do you think the Devils are going to put themselves in a position to, like, contend in their division? Um, You know, I think it's an interesting thing because, like, you know, we sort of think about them as being in that, like, really vaunted, uh, what was it even called? The East division? Yeah, the East uh, yeah. This, this past season. But, you know, they're in a division with – Pittsburgh, Washington, I guess if you want to say the Islanders and Rangers, but like a lot those four teams are very, very close to sort of over the hill, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, they're not getting any younger, I guess. Um, Then you have Carolina, which obviously Dougie is, you know, leaving Carolina. Like, who knows how that impacts them? You have Columbus, like they're a non-starter. And then the Flyers, who we'll talk pretty extensively about. So, there's a very good chance like yeah you're you're banking on some you know like you're banking on a sharks like collapse from probably both of like washington and pittsburgh or maybe throw in like the islanders there or something but there's a much more viable path to contention than if they had to go through like we were saying for montreal you know tampa boston uh toronto florida like those four teams just seem much more like window open then you could see the window start to close in the Metro. And I think the Devils sort of set themselves up for two, three years from now, maybe being a team that's able to sort of, you know, take that over with Dougie still in the fold um, and a lot of young talent here. So, yeah, yeah. I really think it does come down to that young talent. Like uh, Alexander Holtz, like if he can step in at this young of an age and be an impact player um, and Jack Hughes can take a bigger jump than he already took last year, then like, this team could have a chance, but I, you know, and stay healthy, like Nico Hishier, et cetera. 
Um, I think there's at least a small sliver of a hope that they could slip into the playoffs, like you're saying, but mm-hmm. um, more to the point, I guess, from the beginning, and I don't know if you wanted to segue this right away or not, but like, yeah. is Dougie Hamilton, who I would say going into this year, far and away, not far and away, but a good clip above maybe the rest of, de- of defensemen as far as fantasy relevance, like, do you still see him in that role being that kind of player? Yeah. So, you know, um, so, so sort of what I was very surprised to find was that looking at last season's, uh, you know, per game fantasy results, like, yeah, we're using the old DraftKings scoring just because that's what I had readily available as far as like pulling together those numbers. But I'm sure if you looked at current DraftKings, you know, like obviously we're not counting hits or whatever, because, you know, like we don't care about that for DFS. Um, but the top two defensemen in the NHL in terms of fantasy points per game and fantasy points overall were Jacob Chikrin and Dougie Hamilton. And they both are in very similar situations where, you know, Arizona, they shipped out OEL, they shipped out Connor Garland. They're obviously just gaining draft capital to sort of go through like this rebuild. And Chikrin was still the number one guy last year on a team that wasn't very good. So maybe he keeps the mantle. He had 4.2 uh, like old DraftKings points per game, if that means anything to you longtime DFS players. Um, 3.96 for Dougie. And then the rest of the field was 3.9 or below. A guy like Kale McCarr, you know, uh, 3.77. Adam Fox, 3.69. And that's just uh, mostly due to a lack of shot volume. So it is sort of interesting to think about, like, the two most valuable fantasy defensemen are on these, like, almost fantasy dead zone teams outside of them. So uh, if I had to tell you at the end of the season, you're looking at, you know, the top of the defensive board, Chikrin, Dougie, or are you taking the field there as far as like fantasy points per game? I'm kind of taking Chikrin, honestly. And I think Arizona is like that bad maybe potentially (laughs) um, that it could end up slipping out of his, his reach. But like I mentioned before we started, like there was one other guy on Arizona that like shot the puck. (laughs) <laughs> and, and that was Garland and he's gone. And like, and like yeah. arguably OEL came back. Like that's the thing we, we're going to get to, we I don't want to jump the gun too much, but like the two other guys that shot the puck at any sort of consistent level are gone. So like, where does it go? And like Chikorin, it, I think just continues onward that trajectory of being just unbelievably good. Um, so I, I'm thinking Chikorin number one personally. And then I think Dougie's probably two or three. I, you know, I do think that there's enough depth on this New Jersey team that like maybe he doesn't see the monster minutes, but they gave him nine mil. Like they're going to play him. So, um, but like, look at this defense in New Jersey. You see Hamilton, Subban, who I, I think is not dead. Like, I don't think he's good, but you know, him and, and um, Severson on the right side. And then you have Graves, um, Sagan, Thaler, right? Did I say it? Yep, that's and what I say. Ty Smith on, on the left side. Like that's, that's good. Like I honestly don't see a, a big hole there. And like if Subban is end up being dust and like just doesn't quite get it done, he's gone after next year. And sure. I, you know, I think they could find another guy to fill in. And then in net, you know, I do think the Bernier signing was a little bit big, but him and Blackwood are, are a pretty solid tandem in my opinion. So I, I do think that they could goalie themselves into a playoff spot and, you know, they could not be like Montreal of last year because I don't think they quite have the depth in their forwards to even try to pull that off. But you know, you could probably find a comparative team that like made the playoffs, like uh, maybe New Jersey a few years ago with Taylor Hall, like that, like mm-hmm. found a way with goaltending to just find a way in. And like, I think that's kind of the angle they're looking at, um, but we could keep moving, keep this moving. Or we already had like, I'm slowing sure. this down too much. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you ask me that question, like, 
obviously, you know, thinking about it mathematically or whatever, probably the field's the right answer. Uh, so I just want to mention a couple of guys who might be off the radar from this regard, you know, because anyone could tell you, oh, you know, Roman Yossi, Cal McCarr, Victor Hedman, like one of those guys could obviously have a monster year. Uh, Adam Fox, of course. But let's not forget Aaron Ekblad in Florida. Uh, he was having a monster year. It wasn't quite as insane for fantasy purposes, just because he wasn't getting a ton of block shots, uh, less than one per game, which was kind of interesting um, for a guy who, you know, historically you think of him as kind of big and, you know, maybe could block a shot. But with no Keith Yandel now in Florida, maybe Ekblad just takes the reins for, you know, for good there on the top power play, which would obviously be fantastic for his fantasy value. Um and then another guy would be Seth Jones. And yeah, you know, we're going to talk about uh, some some regards to that trade. But remember, in Columbus, he was behind Zach Wierenski for a while. And you know Chicago is going to want to, you know, play him as one of the league leaders in time on ice. And so maybe he's, you know, bounces back into form. And he's one of those four category guys, you know, shots, blocks, goals, assists. He will do it all. Um, so I think those two guys could make, you know, Ekblad especially, but maybe Seth Jones just based on the usage. Uh, might be similar to Chikorin and Dougie. Um, but I did sort of want to mention those two guys right off the yeah, top because I'll, Chikorin I'll, and Dougie I'll, are awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll mention one more, and I think we're going to get to it later anyways. But I think if you're like put a gun to my head and said who is going to be the next um, Adam Fox, like Norris winner out of nowhere. Like I don't even know. I, I just wonder what his odds were before the year started, not saying that he was like completely out of nowhere. I would honestly say Rasmus Anderson could fit the bill of a guy that I, I honestly think the skill is there and like – the usage might follow suit unless if they find something in Noah Handovan's game that just hasn't quite been there. Um, you know, remember he kind of took over for Giordano last year. Now Giordano has gone a guy that logged a ton of minutes. Like I, I do wonder if Calgary is good, which I don't think is too far off the realm in that real weak division that they could like be a contender with like Anaheim sucking the Kings sucking the Kraken, just not being their year one sharks are bad Canucks. Who knows? Like Vegas obviously wins the division. Um, you know, they finished second in that division and Rasmus Anderson puts up a buttload of points. Like that could be your extreme dark horse pick at like, I don't even think you'll, like, you'll find odds for him. Mm-hmm. Um, just a guy yeah, I think we're I mean, going to mention anyways, but. Yeah, that's, uh, it's interesting because he's a guy who, you know, going into last year, I had a ton of hope for, you know, 23, he had great like impacts or whatever. And then I'm posting this in the pod, you know, the morning skate pod discord right now. So DJ, I employ you to take a look at it. <laughs> He was awful last year by hockey viz standards, like just looking at some sort of like his uh, impact. And I'm wondering if, you know, he's able to sort of reverse that trend because, yeah, he he was looking very promising. The role should be there for him. And, you know, I I loved his profile going in. So looking at it right now, it's like he was pretty decent goals against and then pretty freaking bad goals for. (laughs) But he still I mean, like even with those metrics Um, you're showing, like he had 21 points in 56 games and like. Mm-hmm. He had 22 and 70 the year before. It's like, I think he's getting better as far as the producer. So we'll see if he puts it all together, but we'll keep this moving. All right. Next up, um, you know, as, as far as a winner goes, I wanted to throw out, uh, yes, he pulled Yarvi because the Oilers, yeah, they signed Zach Hyman, but doesn't seem like he's going to take Paul Yarvi's role. Um, sort of seems like Hyman's going to do what they needed Dreisaitl to do, which was like give, McDavid, a guy who he can play with. Um, and so, you know, if we're looking, if we're believing what the beat writers are saying, which of course, you know, uh, 
I pretty much trust Jonathan Willis with almost anything Oilers related, just given the shit he's had to go through the last few years with that team. Um, he right now sort of structures the top six as the Yamamoto RNH dry line and then McDavid Hyman Pulley RV. Um, and that also makes me think that, you know, on the first power play Pulley RV as well. Um, but you know, like the Oilers in general, DJ, are you just game stacking them every time they're on the ice? Or like, you know, how, how do you feel about this team? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if there's a team that could have like a, a bigger um, question mark on the back end entirely than the Oilers. Like, I don't trust Mike Smith. I definitely don't trust Koskinen. I don't know if Stalock could be the third. I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're going to possibly do. I think Stuart Skinner, they kind of like as a prospect, but that that's not good there. On top of that, they go out and they're like, you know what? Clefbaum might not be back. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with him. It sounds like he won't play again next year. And they bring back Tyson Berry, who is very good offensively and very bad defensively. Duncan Keith, who is, I mean, I, I, from all, all everything you could possibly see is pretty washed at 38. Um, and then they go out and say, what about Cody CC? Why don't we, uh, why don't we have Cody CC and see what happens there? So Chris Russell, Cody CC, Duncan Keith, Tyson Berry, all surrounding Darnell Nurse, who I do think is a pretty good player in his own right. You know, I just, I, and then goaltending that, like, if Mike Smith just got dusted, like, I would be surprised. Like, if he just absolutely stunk next year. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not high hopes for them goals against, and I'm very high for their goals for. Uh, I think Yamamoto could take a step. I kind of love that Warren Fogel trade, except I think Ethan Bear is a decent piece going back. So I, I do think that's a good addition for them that like they need to find secondary scoring. Like if you ask anyone that's ever watched a game of hockey, like what's Edmonton's problem? They're like, well, once McDavid and Dreisler are on the ice, they don't score. And it's like the doy. So I think that uh, Fogel adds a little bit more there that they didn't have before. Um, so yeah, like I, I think this team got a lot better offensively and it's a lot worse on the back end. Just didn't figure it out. So yeah, the game stacks are going to be a lot of fun there. Yeah, no, I, I pretty much fully agree with you there. I don't really feel like I need to expand upon anything you said. Um, I am excited to see their top six, and yeah, teams against Edmonton, you know, a lot of fun. Uh, I am I pretty disappointed in Evan Bouchard not getting the chance because obviously we know that, uh, like we know that Tyson Berry is going to be on the, the top power play, and you know when he's not, it'll be Darnell Nurse and just sort of Bouchard. Seems like he's in for a couple years of just toiling away without a huge role, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm surprised and actually do see you know some some contributions from a guy who I have all the time for in the world because I think he's yeah, awesome. Right. Yeah, and like I don't want to like do the whole like let's like make fun of Duncan Keith thing because like whatever i guess but let's dunk I on just Keith. Can't, yes i just cannot imagine they had to give up that much to get in and i know it's not even that much but like how how like i just don't know like it seemed like they could have just waited a little bit and like chicago would have got desperate and then like they literally allowed chicago to go on a shopping spree like no one else and it was just like why didn't you like wait and then they would have been desperate and you could have gotten for nothing mm-hmm I, I like if they just waited till the Seth Jones thing, Seth Jones thing came together, like Chicago would have been like, uh, whatever you want, like, and they'll be like, all right, give us a pick. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get <laughs> no, it. No, I, um, I agree with you there. So, but we can knows? move on. Who knows? Um, like, yeah, Edmonton is not a winner or a loser. They're just a like a fantasy fun. 
Yes, yeah, we're all winners, I think, getting to watch uh, McDavid try to score 47 goals to, you know, drag his team to victory. So, okay, um, talk to me about the the Florida Panthers. You know, like I, I, my notes say they did some stuff good. Um, obviously, one of those things makes me very sad. Uh, but, but you know, go, go tell me about Florida and, you know, Obviously, I mentioned Ekblad already, but everything else yeah, they did we, we because had, it's good. We, we had pod, podcast breaking news, though, I have to get to beforehand. Uh, Ryan Reeves traded to the Rangers from Vegas for a third-round pick. <laughs> you literally – like, everyone said that was going to happen, and it did. I, I Wow. Okay. Like, literally, Tom Wilson just made the Rangers lose their third-round pick. Like, can uh, uh, Can we – can we just skip one? Uh, can we skip one spot? Because a winner that I had was going to be Lexi Lafreniere, because yeah, when they moved right. out, Pavel right, Buchnevich. Let's, yep, 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 let's get to it. We'll come yeah, back to Florida. Like I mean, we might as well. I I had to. Like yeah, no, what? but hold on, hold on. But Tom Wilson might have literally broken the Rangers so badly that they might actually play Ryan Reeves with like Panarin and like Strom, because like I could honestly see that happening and. Like, yeah, it's probably not going to, but I'm very afraid of it now. So, um, yeah. Anyway, if you want to talk about Lafreniere or you want to talk about Florida, I don't know. But I found that very interesting. Let's just do the Rangers. We're already we're already halfway there. I mean, the, the thing about the Rangers is it it's kind of, you know, I think from all outside perspectives, it, it does seem, especially analytic perspective, it does seem like they got a good bit worse. The one thing I'd say is, like, the, this team has $15 million in cap space. They have, uh, from all, you know, looks, they have a team that could make the playoffs, in my opinion. I don't like the Barkley Drove signing just because of how long it is, but it's not like they, you know, it's not like it breaks the bank, especially if the cap does end up going up in the near future. I don't like the signing, but it's okay, whatever, right? Um, I just do think that, like, they are really going to be relying on Alexei Lafreniere to take a jump by trading Buznevich. And if you want to get in on that, especially in season long and best uh, best ball drafts or whatever you want to call them. Um, is it best? Do you still call them best ball in hockey? Is that? Yeah. Eh, I think so. Best puck. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Right. It's just like, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want, like, I think he's a worthy take with like a Zvin and Jade Panarin type of deal. Um, just because I, I do think that they're really going to have to rely on him to make the jump because like, where's that spot going to go on the power play from Buznevich who, um, you know, was kind of a little bit on the outside looking in occasionally, but by the end of the year was pretty much shored up in that spot. So, yeah, this is a team that has one year left on Adam Fox's entry deal. They have one year left on Capo. They have one year left on Kratzoff. Um, You know, it's a team that definitely has, has some cap going out the door soon. But in this year beforehand, I think they could try to make a run. And I don't know why they're shooting themselves in the foot by getting guys like Reeves. But, hey, you got you to keep Tom Wilson from uh, hitting Gooznet. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. So, uh, yeah, I second a lot of that there. Um, if there was one guy to take a crack on, it probably is Lafreniere. You know, Kako just hasn't really shown it. Um, you know, Hedl, Kravtsov, maybe those are, you know, maybe those are the two guys that step up. But I think the odds on favorite is Lafreniere. Um, and, I, you know, I do think that Bushnevich leaving does leave the avenue to him having a monster season. Um so, yeah, let's uh, let, let's go back to the Florida discussion, though. And I think you're about to hit me with the goods there. So why don't you have that? Yeah, no, I I would say that Florida had um, 
God, if, I, if I had to put them in like a one, one out of 10, I'd probably give them like a seven and a half off season. I think that they made all of the right moves they needed to make, except they got to sign resign Barkoff next year. And like my concern for them, I guess, if, if anything else is like, if you can't lock that up soon, then a lot of this is for nothing. So I, I all, you know, I, I think he does end up coming back, but mm-hmm. moving forward, you know, they get Sam Reinhardt for not a lot. I think, you know, I think that deal, most people would agree Florida gets the win in that, in that deal, but you are talking about a guy that, you know, they haven't locked up at all yet. So if they can't lock him up long-term, it does potentially change uh, the narrative around that trade. Uh, Buffalo getting Levi and a first round pick. Um, I want to top 10 it. protected. Yeah. I, I, I am surprised the Sabres didn't get a, a forward prospect, but then again, like their goalies are, they're not existed. So yeah. I guess whatever. Um, but moving, moving back to the Panthers in general, you know, they have, I would, I would arguably say one of the most depth um, teams in the league with offense and defense considered. And honestly, potentially even goaltending. Uh, I think they're one of the deepest teams with at least some star power. I'm really excited to see how they uh, formulate the power plays, bringing in a guy like Reinhardt, doing you think Barkov, Huberdo, Hornqvist, Bennett came on real strong. Declare has power play upside. Uh, for Hagee, obviously, you know, it gets the gets the re-sign, a pretty solid player in his own right last year. And then Reinhardt, like, wow. Um, that that just seems like a heck of a lot yeah, of goodness. Yeah. They actually used a five forward power play in the playoffs too, which yeah. you know, Aaron Ekblad right. being there probably changes things a good bit because they had scratched Yandel for those games. Um, so my but it does sort of show that they can use Ekblad as that righty shot on the left half wall and let a guy like Huberto actually run the point. Um, God, I want to not like Quenville, but when he did the, you know, he runs things out like that makes me think he's not a dinosaur. So I kind of hope that uh, we do get to see, you know, like Ekblad not being used as the prototypical point distributor, like rather he being used for his shot because he is by far the best right-handed shot on the team, not named Owen Tippett, uh, who just, you know, seems destined to not have a big role. Because then you have Hornqvist as a righty net front, Sam Reinhart, who, you know, could be on the top power play, but likely, you know, trades off of Hornqvist on first, second unit net front type uh, presence. Um, and then Barkov, Huberto, Duclair, Bennett, like these guys sort of who are floating around the, the formation. I, I just think that they could be one of the more fun teams in the league again this season. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to see how things fare with them. And like you said, it would be an absolute shame if they had a down year and Barkov just sort of tested the market, but Hey, we would be here in a year talking about how Barkov transformed some other team. So, uh, you know, uh, anything else to say on Florida? Uh, I mean, Spencer Knight has a, a lot to look up to and, you know, Bobrovsky's contract's still really bad, but you know, I do think that that tandem in general could be real nice regardless. Um, and I'm, I think in Bill Zito is like putting himself in a chance. If, the, if this team could make a, any sort of a run into the playoffs and maybe even like beat out of Toronto to win GM of the year. Cause it's about what you did last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. And in the interest of time, we have two more winners, you know, obviously we don't want to keep you here for an hour and a half, even though I'm sure, you know, NHL DFS content isn't a plenty at this point in the season. So if you're listening, you're probably pot committed anyway. Um, but two more that we had written down, we had the jets uh, DJ, you can talk about their defense a bit if you want. 
And then I just wanted to say we're all winners because Ovi resigned for five more years in Washington. Uh, he is not going back to Russia. He will stay around to contend with Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal record. And let me just say, I'm very excited for that to happen. He is 165 goals behind. For those math people out there, that's about 33 goals per season for the life of the deal, uh, barring any, you know, uh, lockouts, barring any global pandemics. I think he gets there. <laughs> like he's been such a consistent goal scorer on the power play and at five on five now for, for a while um, that, you know, I, I don't think he ages that poorly just given his injury history. Like he had a bit of a tough year last year. Um, but, you know, I prefer to be optimistic and I just think there's so much to like about Ovechkin's goal scoring profile in the first place. Um, that yeah, I say he does it and that we're all better for it. So DJ talk to me about, Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon while I just, you know, praised Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, no, yeah, you definitely stole the uh, the main take there. But no, I, I think that Winnipeg going into this offseason had to fix the defense, and I, I honestly think they did. Um, I don't know how DFS relevant all this is going to be in general. Like, Brandon Dillon probably doesn't push the needle on, on uh, the DFS streets. Um, but I do think, you know, keeping DeMello, having Dillon, Schmidt, and Morrissey is, is a pretty sound top four. Um, I have a lot of time for Sammy Niku, who just hasn't quite gotten there yet. And Holanen, I think it, or, or wait, Holo, how do you say his name again? Oh my God. I uh, wait. Billy, Billy Holon, Holon. Oh, Hinola, Hinola. Yeah, yeah. Hinola, Hinola. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think that that's a, that's a sound top six in general. Um, they still have some cap space, which they'll have to use to sign some forwards. I'd be interested to see if they give a guy like Cole Perfetti a chance. I think Vasilainen will crack the lineup. But, you know, more than anything, I, I do think that this team is going to be a lot improved in front of the best goaltender in Connor Hellebuck in hockey. I'm honestly a really good contract. So they have some cap space to work with. Oh, they have, they have Neil Pionk. I forgot even to mention him. So yeah, I think that this team got a lot better in general. And, you know, maybe it is Pionk. Maybe it is Morrissey. But one of those guys, I think, could have a pretty big year, you know, not having to shoulder too much of the load of, like, having to play sound defense, which is, like, I think took away from their offensive upside because – I don't think Morrissey is going to be best fit in that kind of a role where he is having to be your like main defender in front of the net. Um, and if they compare him with yeah. a guy like uh, DeMello all year or a Schmidt that can kind of open him up a little bit more, I think that could really help. Um, and then I think Pionk will probably almost certainly pair with um, Dylan. So that'd be a right lefty kind of pairing that I think would work. So yeah, I, I know not, not a whole ton there to get to. They, they will need to make a couple more moves. They have the cap space bring in a couple of the younger guys. And I think this team could be a really fun team in the Pacific that, um, like I said, it's wide. Wait, I mean, wait, they're in the Pacific, right? No, they're in the central. No, they're in the central. Even the yeah. central. The central. Yeah. I said um, that and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. No, in the central, I still think that, that they, they are like probably three, four in the central right now going into this year. And like could definitely make a run that just like got stymied by freaking Montreal. My God. <laughs> right. Uh, for sure. Um, yeah, and you know, uh, you alluded to what I think is the most important part of their offseason, the exit of both Pullman and Derek Forbert. Um, you know, those guys both suck. And let's get into losers here because, boy, uh, remember last year how, you know, maybe toward the end of the year was when I was really pounding the table, but that Boston defense was really bad. And yeah, of course, they were a bit injured or whatever, Um 
but they signed Derek Forbort to fix their defense. And as someone who has watched plenty of Derek Forbort, I do need to, I do not need to watch anymore. And I, he just sucks. <laughs> like, I, so I kind of think Boston is a loser here. Like, yeah, they re-signed Taylor Hall. It seems like they're going to re-sign uh, David Krejci. But yeah, you know, they're going to let Nick Ritchie walk. They're going to let Andre Kasha walk by all, by all accounts. Sounds like both of their goalies are leaving. Is that, they haven't signed Rask or Halak yet, have they? You, so here, let me, I, I could give you the Bob McKenzie scoop on that. Okay. So first off, Halak did sign in Vancouver. Yes. So Halak is gone. So they traded Vladar to Calgary. Okay. So it's because they, they signed Olmark. Yeah. They signed Olmark. So what Bob McKenzie said about Rask is that he needs to have hip surgery and he's planning on missing like six months. So they are planning on leaving a roster spot for him if he wants to come back. And it's not certain that he does. So if he comes back, they would probably Swayman can move between AHL and NHL mm-hmm. um, without any problem. Vladar would have to go on waivers and would be claimed. So, so are you telling me that Boston is going into the season with uh, basically their two greatest hopes in that being a Linus Olmark, an oft injured older gentleman by the name of, I don't know, Tuka Rask or Carter Hutton, one of those two, but like obviously Tuka Rask is further different, but, but bear with me for a second or a pretty highly touted, you know, younger prospects uh, in goal. Does that usually end well for teams in years that end with 20 or 21? Because if you, uh, if you were trying to say that Carter Hutton is the same <laughs> skill as Tuka Rask. Though, I mean, like, to be fair, just... Carter Hutton was blind. Tuka Rask has one hip. So, you know, like it's kind I, of a trade. I'm just not going to do it. Like you're not going to bite. You're not going to bite. I'm not biting on that. Like, okay. First okay. off, That's Omar fair. getting hurt again. Cause like, I know he hasn't like played a whole season and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm just like, you can't just instantly bet on that. Um, I still think he's a fine goalie in net and whatever, but you know, I don't think Boston is completely dead, but I do think that Sweeney drank a lot of that Montreal Kool-Aid and was like, we got to have a third shutdown, like a third line that can shut someone down. And he's like, all right, what do I need? Nick Foligno, go get him. That's the guy. Okay. And um, Nozick. Yep. Yep. Get Nozick and how, how which I was a little confused is how like a shutdown guy now, because like what, I don't really know what Howla is, um, but it just it really, really felt it really felt like Boston was like we just gotta have depth on forward and we just gotta have guys that like only can play defense because like that's what Montreal did and it worked and like I was like okay like whatever you say guys but um, uh, yeah it's uh, they're still fine they're still gonna be pretty good I think and I you know I while Forbert doesn't fix the defense. I certainly think he's not quite as bad as you're making him out to be. Um, three years, three mil is a little bit like, oof, maybe that's a mistake. But I, I think I kind of see how their defense is going to come together. And I think McAvoy is good enough to kind of carry a pretty big portion of the load there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like, I, I think they're a fine team still. But like, yeah, I think, you know, fine, you have but man, McAvoy and Carlo on the right side and then Greslick Smith on the left and then like a Forbert. Clifton, Zaboro, whatever. I don't know. Like, they're, like, it, like, I think it's okay. Like, it's not, sure. but like, if McAvoy goes down, then, like. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, obviously they're one, de- you know, they're one injury on defense, but, you know, I just wonder how far that first line can carry them because I, I, 
you know, their depth seems to have been attrited pretty greatly. Like, is, if David Krejci at 36 is going to prove me wrong, then so be it. But I just, I don't see Taylor Hall being, like, a stud on the second line with, you know, a 36-year-old as his center. Um, so, you know, that's my first problem. It's like, I still think they're a bit of a one-line team, just the way that aging curves work. Uh, I don't think that any of the guys you mentioned really moved the needle. You know, Felino, Howla. Nozick, like whatever. Um, and then the defense, I just don't see it. So, yeah, you know, I, I think to me, that's really my problem with it. And I do not really, one, I, I really will not be afraid to target the Bruins, especially earlier in the year. Uh, just sort of, you know, riding that take of like, yeah, they need, they have a, they have a ways to go, I think, to, to really, you know, mesh as a team or whatever. And then two, like Toronto, Tampa, Florida, I think those teams, on paper just look better than Boston and you know, maybe that's wrong, but like, I think Boston might need to actually fight to have a playoff spot, which I think might be a hot take in and of itself. So anything else on the Boston side? Yeah. I I made the take on my buddy's uh, stream that like Boston's going to do exactly what they should do. And they're going to get like the first or second wildcard spot. They're going to play Toronto round one. (laughs) And it's just going to (laughs) be the best. It's going to be, it's going to be the greatest (laughs) feeling ever. Like, you, you know, it's going to happen. Like it's going to set up so perfectly. Like Tuka Rats is going to come back too. And just like, just, it's going to be just this great feeling everyone has of just like, Oh, Toronto. Oh no. Um, But yeah, we can, we can move forward. That I think that's pretty much it. Like I, I think, Boston drank the Kool-Aid. They're trying to be Montreal, but better. And I don't know so, if they quite did it. Idea. The Boston goalie situation does not work out for them. They go shopping for help at the trade deadline in, you know, in advance of their first round playoff matchup, uh, obviously of Toronto. The Sharks are not going to be good this year. We think. No. Do you know who they signed in free agency? Who, you know, they probably could dangle with some trade bait. Had a you know, good year in Carolina was, was fine. James Reimer starting game one of the playoffs against the Toronto Maple Leafs as the oh. Bruins win yet another playoff series. You're evil. Them. You're evil. <laughs> you know, right, honestly, well, like while we're on the topic, I think the weirdest signing of all of frequency was Andrew Cogliano to San Jose. Yeah. I just sat there and like, looked at it for like 10 minutes and was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> but for what reason though? Did they like, I know like, wait, they have no prospects. But like what? Like I don't know. All right, but yeah, we yeah, Cogliano's still good. I don't know. Whatever. Um, okay. But like for what? Like, he's not even bad. Like why? Yeah. Move forward. Move like, forward. Why is why is that? I don't know. I don't know why that's the best you could do. But anyway, well, let's keep going. Um, you know, we've we've gone this far in the show. And we haven't even mentioned the fact that there is a brand new freaking hockey team on the streets. Um, and so you know, we're we're gonna say losers for Seattle, but as you learned in Vegas, nobody knows. Like a team can shoot twenty percent for an entire season, and you know actually then make trades to get good and be good like Vegas did. Um, but Seattle seems to be sort of shooting himself in the foot right off the bat. Uh, yeah, it, I would say they what? were suboptimal in acquiring players, but, you know, the picks are what they are. They didn't make any trades, and now they signed a lot of free agents for a lot of money and a lot of term. I just don't get it. Like, what Like what happened to all these fancy-schmancy uh, analytics people and did Ron Francis just say, like, shut up nerd and move on or what like but tell me i'm gonna gonna say i'm gonna say two things number one i think if you took out the trades from vegas and you went back to the expansion draft and just like said like buy the players drafted and even like maybe you could include the guys that they got like 
at the time, I don't think that they anyone would have looked at Vegas at that time and been like, this could be a cup contender. And I honestly think the Kraken have a better on-paper roster than Vegas even had in their first year, and they went to the cup. I, and I, I don't even think that's that bold of a take. Like, go back to Vegas at game one. Like, Vegas, Golden Knights, um, opening night roster. Oh, game one. It was uh, uh, Shipachov. He was like their center of the future. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you just, you look at that, at that, that roster. James Neal. Like now we're talking I, like, again, like now we're talking on that team that are fine. There, there are, like, there are some players on that team. There who are, are fine, a, yes. a few no, guys, I know, I know. but like, it's not that good of a team. Look, look, like, you, again, like, all right. Do you have, do you have anything else to say here? Cause basically what happened, no, I'm just saying like, yeah. Okay, like what happened is Vegas said, holy crap, like we wrote a 106 PDO all the way to the cup finals. This is awesome. And you know what they have? They have a GM who's not a like, yeah. like he's yeah, not, no, I, you know, like I, I just don't understand. Like, like what's the point of like having all these assets if you don't use them to acquire good players? And that's exactly yeah. what Vegas yeah, did. Right. That's how they got There's, every single player on their roster who is good, in my opinion. And it's awesome. It rocks. I love Vegas now. But, like, you I, know, it's really funny to hear them, you know, bandied about as, like, this expansion story. It's like, no, it's a trading story. Like, you make good yeah, trades in, yeah. for good players. But, okay. I, and I'm willing to – this, this is what I'd say. I would say, number one, without knowing the full story – about like what actually went down with them trying to acquire some trades. Like I thinking some teams shut the door right in their face and said, like, I don't care. Take what you want. We're not, sure. we're not doing this again. Like Minnesota better have done that. Uh, Anaheim better have done that. But irregardless of all of that, to me, it is, you got to, ma- if, if you're not going to make deals because teams aren't going to give you what you want and you want by hardball, you better maximize each pick. And they just clearly didn't do that. That's why they're losers in my book. Like they left stuff on the table they didn't leave have to leave on the table and like i i'm willing to like hear some arguments on some players there's at least four or five picks that you just like they from columbus have officially gotten nothing and i'm not saying columbus (laughs) had a lot to offer but to tell me that you couldn't have gotten like a third round pick for stenland um i don't know i feel like someone would have done that and i don't know why you just left that on the table and like and again like we just saw Boracek get Cam Atkinson, mm-hmm. yet you took Carson Trowinski. Like, I, I like again, like, and I'm not saying you need to go with Cam Atkinson, but you could have, you could have done that. Like, if you're trying to win, like, I, that Cam Atkinson's still good, and he's not a huge like, back breaker. Like, you could have got like, and and again, like, I don't understand how you didn't maximize each pick, which is why they're losers. Like why we put them in the loser category, but I think this team is still fine. I think it has enough depth and like a couple guys that can score with, I would, I would rate a probably like 15 to 20 to a defense and maybe a top 10 goaltending tandem. At least I'd say, I mean, Grubauer and Drager, I'd, I'd say that could be six, seven, maybe, maybe even, you know, in the, in the five range. So like, mm-hmm. Like they could definitely PDO their way as well with that goaltending, and and I don't think there's one contract that I look at that I say like, oh my god, this is astronomically stupid. Other than maybe Alexiak, but like, I don't know. You're not yeah. really gonna be worried about cap for the next at least three years, I'd say. So it, I don't know. Sure. It, 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 like that, that's the and it's not it's not, it's it's 
5.6% of their cap right now. Like, it is eventually going to get better. Yeah, they just seem like they've tried as hard as possible to get a 85-90 point team. And, you know, sure, maybe that'll work for this year and next year. But it doesn't really seem like they left themselves the possibility for, like, this massive upside that Vegas currently has. So, I don't know. I could be wrong. But I, I did think that they were very interesting just from that respect of, like, what could have been yeah, they, almost. So, they... And again, one, one other point that I would make um, that I, I don't understand. Maybe I'm missing something. I do not understand, and I made a couple of tweets about this, why you take Alexiak and Larson when you could have just signed them in the offseason. Like, like, I don't – it seems like they had deals in place, but they had to pick them. Like, that, why did they have to pick them? Maybe I'm just being yeah, like cynical. I mean, and like the, you know, like they wanted to make a theatric out of it, but like two... you come to an agreement with Jamie Alexiak. He's a UFA. Two birds in hand is better than four in the bush. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't like, know. Just like just take another I, guy. Like, and, and I know those yeah. teams don't have a ton to offer, but like Tyler Benson from from Edmonton, like he's a prospect you can at least try to see about. Yeah, no, I don't no. like. I don't know. That's that's the upside thing. It's to me, I just don't really see the guys who have upside, like an Alex Tuck or a Shea Theodore. And obviously, those were trades, but those were you know trades that were made because of the aggressive selections that and you know obviously there's two sides every trade but like yeah i just don't see the upside of seattle and yeah it sucks because we were sold like this oh it's going to be you know purely analytics driven it just doesn't seem like it is so uh you know grubauer and dreger being like you know 10 percent of your cap it's just nuts like you know that's not a way an analytics franchise is run but uh whatever we can move on so getting back into sort of like the winners losers angle of things um let's see next Let's talk about the Flyers um, because, you know, like unlike oh, yeah. Seattle, the Flyers were very, very active on the trade markets. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, I, I'm interested to see what happens. I certainly don't think that acquiring Risto, Cam Atkinson, Ryan Ellis, um, I guess you can layer on, you know, Martin Jones and Yandel if you want his free agent pickups that were relatively low risk. Um is really worth what they gave up in terms of uh, pretty substantial draft capital. They gave up a first of the Sabres uh, this year. They gave up Nolan Patrick, who was the second overall pick. Yeah. You know, a few years ago, but you know, is Ryan Ellis, you know, like Ryan Ellis for Myers and Patrick is fine. I kind of feel like Nashville wanted to move him anyway. So doesn't really seem like a great, trade for either side but i definitely see it from the flyers perspective um but yeah you know like risto sucks like we know this and it's sort of weird to be a sabers fan knowing that we got several assets for a guy who just isn't very good in risto linem so uh you know talk to me about the flyers if you want yeah yeah no i think you you kind of started to sum it up like i was gonna it's like the 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 team that i think had the, the highest and the lows and the lowest of the lows like the highest of the high, I I would say, I, I honestly think that that Ellis deal is pretty freaking good. Honestly, like I think Ryan Ellis is a very useful player. Um, I don't know what Nolan Patrick could or, or should be, but I think a change of scenery was needed. So I, I just think like moving forward, that was going to happen. He goes to Vegas and, and Glass ends up going to the Predators as like a kind of like a two very highly touted prospects that aren't seeming to get there. Philip Myers is fine. Um, I don't think he's anything... Of, of great great like importance but i think that you know if you're a team like the flyers who i think see themselves as like a 
we have some aging players that we want to see have one more crack at this. I think that's the right move to make. Um, the Gossip Bear trade obviously opens up a lot of cap. You yeah, lose a that, second that and a too. seven. Yep. I, I think it's fine. Like, again, like if you're not going to use Gossip Bear and obviously no one is going to take him from you for nothing, you've got to do something like this. And I think a second is a little bit high. Um, I'm surprised the Sabres and you know, maybe maybe the Sabres just weren't willing to do it for whatever reason. They didn't want to take away from Arista Linen or not from I mean, uh, uh, Darlene. Um, so whatever. That's fine. The Arista Linen trade makes no sense. I, I don't yeah. understand how you had to give up that much. Um, the Sabres were multiple teams were willing. Multiple teams. <laughs> what? And, and you know what? Why? We we don't know everything. <laughs> Bristolainen is a useful player as far as points are concerned, but seemingly is like, just I, a crater of, of yeah. everything in the defensive zone. I promise you, DJ and I, we were in the same room for this event. There is nobody starting any more pro Risto bias than we were because of the way he won the 2012, was it, World Juniors? 2011 oh, World Juniors with that overtime goal. Oh my God, he was Sabres, you know, he was Sabres property at the time. And he scored that goal, and we're like, oh, my God, like, this is the guy. And then everything he has shown since that exact moment has been awful. Like, it's been, yeah. not, it's not been fun. Uh, we've made excuses for years. And at some point, you just have to realize this dude is 26. He's getting no better. He sucks. And the fact that they yeah. turned that into useful assets is, is wild. Um, so, you know. Yeah. At, uh, the end, and, at the end of the day, though, the, the Islander, I mean, the, the, God, Jesus, the Flyers employ Provorov, Ellis, Ristolain and Braun, Yandel, Sandheim, and York. And, you know, I think that's a, a very, you know, good six. Um, yeah. There are, well, seven. I said seven guys. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know, again, like you said, if Ristolain, it could be an answer. But I do think in the right role, he could be just fine. Um, and I do think that he... I, I hope at least, because honestly, you know what? Like I have no no reason to dislike the guy as a, as a person. I don't think he did anything wrong in Buffalo. But, and, you know, I, I, from all accounts, he was a really good teammate and, and a good person in the community. You know, I hope the best for him. And, and I, I think the change of scenery could help a little bit, but I don't know how you fix a guy that can't break the puck out of his own zone. <laughs> I, that, that's, yeah. I just don't know um, how you do it. And like, he's good on the power play, et cetera. I don't know how you fix that though. Yeah. I and mean, what's, what's weird you know, the, the last point I'll make on the Flyers is I'm very happy to see Keith Yandel like go somewhere that he will be used because I still, you know, we saw him on the power play. He's still a useful guy in that regard. It is a very strange fit for me to, to see him come into a Flyers organization that obviously wants Cam York to do almost the exact same thing that Yandel does. Um, yeah. You know, the, the Iron Man streak, I think, has a lot to do with it because I could be... Uh, I could be swayed into saying, you know, like, oh, you know, Yandel is there to sort of, you know, play some games, you know, pl- not play some games uh, and really show, you know, Cam York what it's like to be literally that guy in the NHL, you know, offensively oriented, awesome, you know, offensive uh, uh, upside in his prime. But, it, man, it's going to be real disheartening to see either one of Yandel or York scratched uh, this season, you know, Yandel for the 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 respect of his Ironman streak and then York just because it didn't need to be uh, it didn't need to be that way for him. Like he should be the number one guy. Provorov should be the number one defenseman and York should take all that power play time. And Risto should just be, you know, like playing with Provorov or whoever, like on the second pair. Um, so I just, 
it doesn't really sit right with me what the Flyers did. And, you know, uh, I don't even I have do a take should, on Atkinson for a check, but. Yeah. And I do think we should at least mention the, the last trade before we move on. And, and like you're mentioning right now, and I, I'd say it's a win. I think Atkinson for two reasons. One, I think Atkinson is slightly more useful, but also at like a $3 million discount. And mm-hmm. it leaves the Flyers right now with wiggle room. You know, they have 8 million in cap space, uh, you know, and, and I know, you know, Martin Jones is kind of like a very unsexy pickup, but you know, you use Martin Jones in a, in a much reduced role. You know, I think he might be able to find a little bit of game in that. I don't think he is an absolute like stone cold lock of a dud as a back, backup goaltender. Um, you know, he had three very bad years as a number one goalie and on a very bad team where, you know what, looking at the stats right now, he finished with a 896, three consecutive years. That is, <laughs> that can't be. That's what it says. Um, uh, th- yeah. Three years in a row, the same exact. That's, that's the, uh, it's the Chris Davis of, of uh, hockey where Chris Davis batted like 240 exactly <sighs> for three straight seasons <laughs> with Oakland. Um, but yeah. That, no, that is amazing. But I'm just saying like, I think in a reduced role, I at least I hope he, you know, for his sake. I mean, he had a couple of really good years in San Jose and then he just fell off a cliff after the signing. I hope well, he can at least maybe regain a little bit of form. Yeah. I mean, we could say it's the uh, goalie environment in San Jose, but uh, yeah. yeah, their defense is not, also a true. Philly right does right not now. have a good history of being a goaltender Haven. Let's just say so best of no, luck. And that, but the, I think that's the point. And I, you know, honestly, overall, and I, I obviously I'm not in the organization. It was mentioned on 31 thoughts that like they really wanted to change some of the culture in that locker room for whatever reason they thought it may have led to some of the problems, et cetera, you know, and I think that's what they did here. Um, and, and we'll see what happens. You know, I think Ellis and Ristolainen can come in and, and be those guys. But overall, I'd say that they're um, probably very slightly better and they made a ton of moves mm-hmm. to get there. Like that, that yeah. that's what I would say. Yeah, sure. Uh, definitely. I definitely think they're still going to be a good team. I just I just don't really understand the assets they gave up to, like you said, you know, get to that position. So uh, let, let's keep going. We have a couple more things that we wanted to cover. Um, obviously, this is really in no particular order. You know, we're just sort of talking, having a good time. Uh, and again, appreciate you guys sticking around for what's going to shape up to be about an hour and a half, it seems. Uh, but we're having fun. So hopefully you guys are, too. Uh Jake Bean and Adam Boakvist, I think they are two guys who I have as definite losers, you know, from a fantasy perspective. Obviously, them going to a place in Columbus where it seems like they'll get pretty regular roles, uh, where obviously they, you know, they seem to go out and specifically target them for some reasons. Um, You know, they probably will be very useful players next season, but it does kind of suck for uh, a couple of reasons where you have, Adam Boakfist almost certainly being the, the, you know, the number one power play guy coming off of Duncan Keith's trade, uh, the lack of basically anything else in Chicago, and then him going to sit behind Zach Wierenski. Um, and then same deal with Jake Bean to a slightly lesser extent, because I think you could, you could have made up a you know scenario where he went to Seattle. Giordano doesn't go there. Jake Bean sort of like their number one power play guy. And that's where he sort of derives some of his fantasy value. Um, but both of those guys winding up in Columbus, definitely playing behind Wierenski and sort of maybe even splitting second power play work, I think does really hurt some of their fantasy value. Um, so I just wanted to talk about those two guys just a little bit because, you know, uh, 
I like to have those younger prospects that I like to buy in on, you know, early on, just as sort of like a, uh, almost like not a hot take, but almost like, you know, if I want to be right about something, I want to be right about it and, you know, make money off of it. And I don't think that's something where DFS wise, they'll be super relevant unless we get some crazy news, which uh, seems like during the podcast, Zach Rensky signed a monster extension. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. <laughs> no, he is not. I was going to mention that if you didn't get to it, I was like, oh. but yeah, I, I, Columbus, um, God, it, it really feels like them in Buffalo have thought the same like thing of like, we want guys that want to play here. Like we got, we want the only, and like, it just doesn't work. And like, they went out and I feel like they tried to get guys that felt like disenfranchised, maybe like Bean. like, I don't know about Bofus, kind of too young to tell, I guess. Um, but Seth Jones didn't want to be here. Um, the, the one caveat being, it seemed like Kim Atkinson did want to be there. So that was weird. <laughs> uh, but, but it felt like, it felt like, again, like this, and I don't, you know, you never know for sure, but that, that it does seem like Columbus is like, we are going to go out there and we want to get a tough unit because I guarantee their GM wants them and believe they can win now. Um, but just amazingly, they, they just, they really didn't, uh, I don't know. I, I don't see how much better they could possibly be would be the way I'd put it. Um, but I'm willing to see what they can do. And I'm willing to at least keep an eye on what those prospects can do. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely Zach Wierenski's, you know, team on defense. And then those guys will funnel in and at least have, you know, a role hopefully in this team. And it could be exciting to keep yeah. an eye on for DFS reasons. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and uh, like Emil Benstrom is a guy who could be a yeah. beneficiary of Cam Atkinson being on the move. Like he, definitely plays a slightly different game than, you know, like a Voracek does uh, sitting behind line a and Bjorkstrand who, you know, both line a signed a contract to stick around for one more year, except it is qualifying offer. Um, so we'll see, you know, what happens there, but uh, you know, line a Bjorkstrand seem like they'll be the main shooters, but keep an eye on, you know, the, the Bemstroms, the Roslovichs, because there should be some top six minutes to go around and maybe it's, you know, one of them. Uh, who get the first crack at it because they're fun for fantasy. But uh, Columbus will be one of those teams that's not quite as obvious as, you know, Dougie or Chikrin, but Wierenski will carry most of the load and he won't have much supporting him. So um, there'll be an interesting place to look as the season progresses. So, all right. Let's see. Looking at my list, a loser, me. I named my cat Samson. Samson yeah, that, is no longer a saber. Um, that so, was on the list, and yes, not not lot to cover there. Yeah. Although, no. wait, but winner winner could be me because if they bring back, and I hope they do those reverse retros like Reinhardt jersey. Oof, that sounds good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, and also, loser, um, Samson, because Florida's not calling him Samson either. All the guy yeah. wants to do What's is the- be called Samson. And no one will call him yeah. Samson. Like, I'm going to yeah. keep saying Samson until the day I die. And, like, it's yeah. just going to be me and Samson talking to each other. And, yeah, whatever. All right. Let's move on because that makes me too sad. Um, you know, I, obviously, I love Reinhardt. He was my probably, he was my favorite saver, even with Eichel and everything else. Like, he was just such a joy to watch. Um, and, yeah, it's a shame that the Sabres apparently didn't even offer him a long-term deal that was anywhere close to his liking, if you believe him. So, uh, yeah, that's that. 
the next team we were going to talk about was Calgary, I believe, as a – again, I consider them to be a loser in, in overall. But I – you know, looking at it more, I do see – like, I, I see the narrative of what they're doing. But overall in this offseason, I think they got worse. Um, you know, they go out there and they give Blake Coleman almost $5 million for, like, six, seven years, was it? Six, I think it was six. Uh, yeah, five point something for six years. Um just a just kind of a very head scratching contract, in, in, at least in my opinion, um, for for two reasons. One, you're trying to keep Johnny Gaudreau and and Matt Lachuk, you know, happy, and like that's the move. Like you lose the captain and Giordano, and it's like, uh, we got Blake Coleman. It's like okay, you overpaid probably. <laughs> I don't know, can't four four point nine. I'm sorry. Wow, a bargain. Four point nine. Yeah, four point nine. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm 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 not even going to sit here and like crucify the deal because I do think he's a useful enough player, but it's just not a good deal overall. Um, I also, you know, you lose your general for nothing. I I can't imagine. And like again, like I get it. Like he was probably going to be retiring any any day now, but just losing him for nothing just kind of seems like a, just kind of like a, really like that's, you couldn't even like try to, I don't know, whatever, whatever though. You know, I think it was the right pick five by Seattle to do that there. Um, but lastly, you go out, you get Nikita Zadorov to like shore up the defense. So now your defense has guys like Christian Tanev, Nikita Zadorov in your top probably four or six. Like I said, Rasmus Anderson is going to have to carry the load. And ah, like I think it, there's a chance he could do it, as I mentioned, but I'm not sure if it's really going to get done. And then, you know, you're counting on some prospects that just, haven't gotten there quite in Velamaki or Killington. I, I don't know. I just don't know how good this team really is. And it's in a very winnable division after Vegas, yeah. you know, like they're going to be fighting with Vancouver and Edmonton um, for that final of the third spot, like between those three, potentially uh, unless the Kraken really stepped it up in year one. So boy, like did they, did they do enough to get them there with giving up that much cap? I don't know. I'm not sold on it. I, I don't mind the Vladar pickup. I think they get him relatively cheap. And, you know, while his save percentage wasn't great, he seemed serviceable in Boston. But, yeah, not not sold on their moves at all. Is there any any thoughts you have while I rambled? Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, another place that might be a bit under the radar because the guys who are stepping up probably aren't in the NHL yet. Um, but, like, there's probably a top six job there if you're looking at like, yeah, maybe Manjapani or Dubé sort of stick, but I think guys, you know, like Connor Zary maybe has some upside um, that, you know, like that there's no guarantee obviously that he even makes the team, but he was pretty awesome in the WHL, uh, you know, like pretty, pretty good producer. Um, just looking at his shot numbers, they were freaking otherworldly he had 250 if this is right i don't know how reliable this source is but um you know per pick 224 his website he had 257 shots in 63 games uh in the whl in his draft year and then obviously covid sort of you know threw things for a loop last year but if he steps in like that could be that sort of like instant upside effect that we're looking for in a you know pretty pedigreed player um that's really all i had to say about it um that there's really not much i think about you know a guy like blake coleman or whatever like 
just seems like Calgary needed to do something to make a splash and they just didn't. And so for that reason, I, I think I agree that they're just losers. They lost Giordano. Like they just sort of seem like, you know, rudderless at this point and what's going to happen with them. Who knows? Uh, so, all right. Uh, anything else you wanted to say? In general or about the flames? About the, about the flames. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm good. Okay. All right. Um, the last loser that we sort of negotiated a bit, you know, talked about should they be on the list or not, uh, Vegas. Because they sort of went into the offseason as like the number one destination for Jack Eichel. You know, they apparently had the assets, you know, a deal pack, you know, package maybe around Tuck and Krebs and their first rounder and maybe a couple other things. And there you go. You have yourself a shiny new Jack Eichel fitting the mold of Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, other guys that they've you know, used assets to trade for. Instead, they signed Alec Martinez again, which sure, he was fine. Uh, the number actually came in a bit lower than I thought it would for him, despite his age. Um, you know, five mil is certainly not nothing, but I thought it might get a bit higher just given how insane his postseason was. Um, but then they went out and they trade Cody Glass for Nolan Patrick. Uh, really seemed to me like Cody Glass showed a lot in his minor stints with the team, but they just didn't want to play him. So whatever. And then they give up an asset to get Evgeny Dadanov. And just like that, they're out of the Jack Eichel sweepstakes. Like they have negative cap space. Oh, and they pissed off everyone in the world by trading Marc-Andre Fleury without giving him a freaking call first. So like not a banner off season for your Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, but no, what are your I mean, thoughts? At least they traded Reeves for a third to like <laughs> offset. No, That's I, true. I, it really, it You're was, right. yeah. Forgot really about that already. Con- really confusing offseason for them. I mean, the flurry trade seemed somewhat eminent, I guess, but just to immediately cannibalize that cat with that and off seems a little confusing to me. And it's I, so weird. I, I still think they're like not maybe a shoe in for sure, but like probably around a shoe in to win that division. If, if not, like, one of your like I can't imagine the odds are going to be uh, favorable for any other team. So I still think they're a really good team, and I still think that enough is like minorly useful. But five mil for two more years for a guy that kind of lost it as soon as he went to Ottawa, which you know anyone may have, is a bit confusing. And they um, gave up a third. I and the and Holden. I think Holden's not completely unuseful. Well, I, I was actually shocked by this. Do you know how old Nick Holden is? Was he like twenty eight? So listeners at home, you know, guess along with us. Um, but Nick Holden is 34 years old. That can't be. <laughs> you got the wrong stuff. <laughs> I what? mean, yeah. I just looked it up on his page. Uh, like, yeah, he's 34, May 15th, 1987. We'll get back to the topic at hand. If you went into this offseason and you said, said man vegas where are they lacking uh it's down the middle and to just and the only center they picked up this offseason matt could you name that only center they picked up this offseason all right we have 100 answers on the board matt <laughs> it was just before it was um actually i can look up the exact date um they did this trade on july 17th pretty oh under the radar God, it was a trade it was a trade um, with the Rangers, uh, wait, I, I was just believe... I was just looking at their page. I saw Heedle there, so Heedle didn't okay, move. Okay. Uh, no, Benishad, Strom, they didn't move. Help, they... no, no. 
A center from the Rangers. Yes. Is it like Chandler Stevenson's twin or something? Like uh, it is Brett Howden. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, like, that is again, a Ranger. Like, that is a Ranger. You're right. That okay. was a Ranger last year. Yeah. I, we cannot dispute that argument. Um. Yeah. They traded like nothing to get him. I guess. But like, that that's the fix at center. Like every single person was like, "Why did they lose to Montreal?" And everyone's like, "I don't know, center." And it's like maybe. Um. And and yeah, they just didn't fix it. Uh, like, hey, do you want to <laughs> get a? you know, rather diminutive winger to, you know, put up some offense and, you get know, a bad cap it and give up, like, <laughs> and give up an asset. Um, and, survey says, yes. Uh, I wasn't going to go to the, to the bad asset or whatever, bad cap hit thing, but I was going to be oh. like, you know, March or so and Riley actually, Smith and even stone to some extent. Is, I, I guess does Stone Patrick play center? Part. That's actually a good question. Does he get to play center there? I actually even think about. Is he even going to play Patrick. in the NHL? Probably a lot of course. I guess. No, yeah. I mean at center though. Like yeah, uh, maybe. I mean Cody Glass did, and they didn't like him, so maybe Nolan Patrick will. And they will like him. Yeah, Nolan Patrick last year nine points, fifty two games, minus thirty. Yikes! Not that plus minus matters that much, but really. Um, yeah. Wow. Just mentioning it. Um, but yeah, no, and I, I guess everyone probably was when that goaltending was in, in play. But <laughs> yeah, he he actually on. played sixty minutes each game against the Rangers. Like they just never took him off the ice, and they lost <laughs> nine nothing twice or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, okay. But but, but but anyways, more more to the. I am pretty surprised they did not even like really get a, a usable top six center. Yeah. Like that's all they needed. They had five million in cap space that they use on that and off and like. I just I don't get it, man. But hey, it is what it is. They're still gonna win the division probably, and I still think they're a cup contender. But um, to go out there and really not get it done um, and make your team, I'd say worse. Like swap out, you know, Flurry for Brosette all as well. Like it just, it's just not the same team coming back. And you know, I I don't you know I don't think it's gonna be catastrophic there, but not great. Okay, um, so that was everything that we had on our little, uh, you know, our, our notes, our uh, template, let's say. Does anything else come to mind, you know, from a crazy, you know, somewhat, I guess, crazy offseason? Uh, you know, we're going to leave most of the off-ice stuff alone just because, you know, that I'm sure mm-hmm. you guys paying attention yeah. know a lot about uh, whatever's going on off the ice and all that. Um, but in terms of, like, you know, on-ice cool. stories, anything sort of stand out to you that we missed? Um I mean, the one the one other winner that I would bring up, and, and you know, I, we'll see what happens, but I really think that uh, if all of the trades, like if you wanted to look, I, I would say Arizona just won every deal that they that they accomplished. You know, uh, the Kemper trade, what an, a colossal win. First round pick in Timmons, and I know that first round pick could be 32, but that's still quite a bit to get for a guy that you just did not need to use next year. I think Connor yeah. Timmons is at least useful on defense and a conditional pick. Um, they also, who do you they know, have in goal now? Because they traded away Aiden Hill, too. <laughs> um, and Ranta's gone. Oh my god, oh, they got Hutton. Yeah, it was Carter Hutton. Oh my they god, they are Hutton. really going for Shane Wright, aren't they? Dude, are the Sabres not? This is the this is a repeat, yeah. a dead repeat. Yeah. Like, it is so funny. Like, oh, uh, but anyways, though, they they trade and they get a second round pick to take on Anton Strollman's contract, which again, like it's almost over. Like mm-hmm. Anton Strollman is only signed for one more year. Like yep. fine. Sure. Play Strollman. Like who cares? Like, or don't blame. No one cares. Do whatever <laughs> you want. <laughs> no one cares about you. You're terrible. Um, you know, and, and on top of all of that, and like, like I said at first, I was kind of confused at 
you know, the, the deal with Connor Garland and, and all that stuff. Because giving up Garland seemed like they could have maybe gotten more for him individually than to package him. But getting rid of that OEL contract, I think, was a pretty big priority for this team in a rebuild. It's just too long of a deal. And, yeah, they, they take on Louis Erickson's contract, which is why I was kind of, like, a little bit surprised. But, you know, Louis Erickson's only signed for one more year. I didn't realize that. So, whatever. You get a first that yeah. was a very high first. Yep. Um, a second in 2022 and you eat some cap. I, I think it's fine. Like it, and all of that cap, they ate Beagle one more year. Um, I think, was there one guy that was two years in that deal? I don't even know. I don't even think so. Like, I, I don't again, think so. Like, I think they all expire after next season. So, yeah. So. Wow. I, I, I just would say that's a good deal. I mean, the, yeah, Andrew and, the trade they did. Um, and Dylan Gunfer was, projected by a lot of people to go in the top five seven yeah you know seems like he's like the number one goal scorer so like or you know uh yeah yeah sure why not the maybe the number they, one goal scorer in the class up, so if you go to their cap friendly page next year they have two first round picks and matt how many second round picks offhand oh god is it is it five i think i it is five it is five, five yeah, nice. round picks. i love it um just just you know i i really you know what i think they're doing the rebuild right um I think they're you know using their cap to their advantage. And I mean, if you're wondering like, well, Sabres, are you going to do that too? The Sabres have to do that because they have, they have 29 million in cap space right now with Eichel on the roster. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I think that they're going to find a way to eat some cap um, themselves. But yeah, I really, you know, I really respect that. So whose goaltending is worse? Leave it in a review. <laughs> Sabres or... Arizona Coyotes. I mean, did, did, Craig we, Anderson, even, Aaron Dell? did we even, yeah, there we go. Craig Anderson, Aaron Dell uh, verse. Like Aaron, Aaron Dell, mm. I would argue had a Carter Hutton esque season last year. Yeah. It was, it was not he, good. He was so bad that they demoted him to Binghamton. Guess what his save percentage was. It only one game in Binghamton, but you know what? It was 839. <laughs> Poor guy. After an oh 857. Like just absolute dust and the kick a man like, while he's down i i had to and like craig anderson you know what he's 40 years old <laughs> like and like he was not even that bad like he, he wanted to retire percentage. why would he retire why would he not just retire like i think i, I would retire rather than like go play for the sabers at this point and not, like I, I don't know i, I just yeah no, it's it's all nuts. Everything's crazy. I, I don't get any of it. Everything scares me. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's, you know, uh, what you're going to do. Um, all right. I, I think we can cut it there. Um, if you guys out there have any other, you know, winners, losers that you think uh, emerged out of this, you know, off-season frenzy, if you guys have some hot takes on, you know, players to watch next year or guys who might get expanded roles or whatever, uh, we'd love to have you, you know, interact with us via, uh, say, Twitter, say the Morning Skate Podcast Discord, which you can join by DMing us on Twitter at Morning Skate Pod. Um, yeah, mostly those two things. And just stay tuned because we'll have some stuff coming, as we mentioned now, geez, an hour and a half ago. DJ will have some cool stuff coming down the line, too. Um, so be sure to follow us individually on Twitter as well. I am at fake moods. DJ's at DJ underscore Mitchell 94 and DJ, anything else you want to say before we head into our 
uh, let's say weekends. It's not quite the weekend yet, but you know, we'll, we're getting out of here for a while. Um, no, not really. Just going to a lot of concerts again feels good. Modest Mouse, like by the time you like probably hear from me next, like may have already seen Modest Mouse again. Pretty cool. Nice, nice. I, uh, I, I, I do know that band. You talk about most. Dude, get bands. a ticket. Get a ticket and come. Probably not. Yeah, college weekend. College weekend, dude. All right, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk. All right, guys. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, like DJ alluded to, if you want to rate and review the show on Apple or Stitcher, that would be awesome. Um, and yeah, let us know if you have any other suggestions or questions or ideas of things you want to hear us talk about as a DFS slash fantasy hockey show in the dog days of the off season. So that'll do it from DJ and from myself. Have a good summer, everybody. And we are.